Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. What the heck is depreciation and why does it matter? That's what we're going to go over today. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Dan Kruger from Fixus Capital, and today I'm going to demystify depreciation, or at least I'm going to try to. So we all know that real estate is a great investment vehicle. You've heard us say it a bunch on our podcast, and you've probably heard it all over the place. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why it's great. It's hedge against inflation. It's a cash flow producing asset. Um, supply and demand is very much in favor of uh, of this as a good investment right now. Uh, but the depreciation and specifically the tax benefits of real estate are one of the reasons that uh, a lot of people love it, specifically those really high income people who are looking to find tax efficient vehicles. And depreciation is really the ticket to why it's a tax efficient vehicle. So we're going to break that down for you today. Depreciation is effectively just uh, a phantom expense is what we'll call it. It's uh, almost like a credit that you get on your taxes for the theoretical wear and tear uh, that the building that you own is, is going through. So we all know that these buildings that we're investing in are appreciating over time. But for tax purposes, you get to take, uh, I'm going to call a credit uh, for the theoretical depreciation of the asset. Now, this is very counterintuitive for people because on one hand, your building is increasing in value uh, as inflation takes place and as the, the building gets repositioned and fixed up, assuming that it's a, a value-add deal. It's counterintuitive to think of the building actually losing value at the same time, but as far as your taxes are concerned, it is. So what we do in, uh, in for, for most people, what they would do is they would take that value of the building and depreciate in, in a straight line me method over 27 and a half years. Now, why is it 27 and a half years? I don't know, the IRS just picked that number, but for multifamily properties, the traditional straight line depreciation method is you take the value of the building, not the land, and you divide it over 27 and a half years. So every year you get to take one 27 and a half of the value of the building and deduct that from your taxable income. So let's just say um, you have a $100,000 building and that one twenty-seven and a half uh, portion of that depreciation in the first year, let's just say $10,000. So let's say in this first year, you got $5,000 in distributions from your property and your depreciation given the straight line method is $10,000. That means you got $5,000 in distributions, but you've got this $10,000 quote unquote loss. And you only have to pay taxes on what's left over. So your $5,000 of income is washed out by that $10,000 of losses and the remaining losses go carry forward to the next year until you use them. Now with multifamily properties and pretty much any commercial property, you can actually accelerate that depreciation substantially. And that's what we do on all of our properties. We do this through something called a cost segregation study. And what that does is it allocates all the different components of the building into their appropriate useful life buckets. 
and you have an engineer come in and you perform this study. And what you do is you say, okay, the windows are not going to last 27 and a half years and the carpet's not going to last 27 and a half years and the appliances aren't going to last 27 and a half years, so on and so forth. You break everything down in that building into its appropriate useful life bucket. It could be one year, five years, seven years, 10 years, 15, or 27 and a half years. And what you find is almost everything is going to fall in the non-27 and a half year buckets. Typically the roof and some of those larger components are going to actually that actually last 27 and a half years, but everything else is going to be in an earlier bucket. So you get to accelerate that depreciation schedule from a straight line method where everything goes over 27, 27 and a half years uh, to a method that's a little bit more accurate. And you can take it a step farther with the tax rules that came into place in uh, 2016. Anything that's not in that 27 and a half year bucket, you can actually take in year one. So on the properties where we've executed our um, uh, cost segregation study and uh, delivered these K-1s to our, our investors, we've seen anywhere from about 45 to 65% of someone's initial investment showing up as a loss on the first uh, K-1 that they receive. So if you would invest in $100,000 in a building, we performed a cost segregation study, uh, it's not uncommon to see 50 or even $60,000 of losses showing up in that first year uh, on your K-1. And so for our deals, we usually see anywhere from five, six, seven percent returns in that first year. Somebody who invests $100,000 might see six or seven thousand dollars of distributions in that first year. And then they get to see a nice big fat fifty or sixty thousand dollar loss, which means that the tax liability on that first year is going to get dropped down to about nothing. And those unused losses get to carry forward to the next year. So what we end up seeing is uh, the first several years of a real estate syndication having little to no tax liability for investors. Now there's gonna be some on the back end, but what I found in doing the math on, on most of our deals is that the actual effective tax rate for most people is gonna be maybe 10 or 15%. Now, not a CPA, this is not financial advice or, or tax advice or anything like that. This is just trying to illustrate a concept for you that net net the tax liability on dollars you make in a real estate syndication is going to be far less than almost anything else you could be investing so it ends up being a very tax efficient investment so i hope this i hope this helps demystify the depreciation and tax benefits of of real estate if you guys have any other questions about this feel free to reach out to us and check out all the content that we're putting out uh, on these types of topics we'll see you guys in the next video Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.